Well, welcome back to the podcast. I'm relatively nervous to share today's episode. I think anybody that knows me and knew that this episode was coming knows how nervous I was, but actually it turned out to be bloody amazing, as I probably knew that it would be. So today I'm sharing my conversation with the fabulous Ash Jones from Great Influence. And in this conversation, he really opened up actually and gave me kind of a raw insight into not only how he got into this, what he's doing now, dropped some relatively big, well-known names, the likes of Dominic McGregor, Stephen Bartlett, Hannah Anderson... So Ash is one of the founding members of Social Chain, which if you haven't heard of Social Chain, where have you been? But (laughs) it's a great conversation. So not only did we talk about kind of, I got an insight into Social Chain and what worked and what didn't and kind of the startup of building Stephen Bartlett's personal brand. We also started talking about obviously what he's up to now, what's changed in his business and why it has. And also, as I know him, the the personal branding guy. He also shares two top tips on if you're looking to start building your personal brand, what he would recommend that you do and why as well. And, you know, I think I'll be brutally honest, it's probably I invited him on for pretty selfish reasons. And so with every guest, I always learn something new and this conversation was no different. And funny story, which I do feel like I should probably share, This conversation actually came off of the back of an intoxicated Lorna who had a glass of wine or two and took a punt and sent Ash a message just to ask him if he would be the first male guest that I'd had on the podcast, which I do mention in our conversation. It was never my intention for it to be kind of female guests only. I guess I was just looking for the right kind of guest and Ash did not disappoint. So as always, if you do find this conversation interesting, please do give it a share on socials. Make sure you tag me and Ash. I will link his socials in the show notes. So yeah, I'll shut up. And here's my conversation with the lovely Ash Jones from Great Influence. Cool. Hello, Ash. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, the sun's finally shining, which is lovely. Spring's almost here. It's not. I, just... I can tell you that. <laughs> cool. So before we get into the conversation with every guest that I have on the podcast, I like to challenge them to introduce themselves as a person, not as a business in 30 seconds or less. And if you go over the 30 seconds, because it is timed, all that I ask is that you make a small donation to the charity Mind. Do you think you can do it in 30 seconds? If I do, I'll make the donation anyway. Oh, very kind. Right, I've got my stopwatch ready. You ready? Okay. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) No, but let's go. Right, ready, steady, go. So ever since the age of 13, I felt that I was a little bit different than the people that I saw around me and the last 18 years have been trying to follow that thread and it has led me on a very special journey where I'm always discovering who I am every single day. Holy shit, that was quite cool. I've not had one like that. Everybody else, I always try and like steer people down the fact of like 
I think when in mine I said like I like solo travel, I drink way too much wine, which you're obviously aware of, and just a whole bunch of other things. But that was so cool. Yeah, it's. It, I think if you had to like condense it, it's that like the thing. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the thing that has led me down the path that I've gone down have all been about trying to find who I am and find my tribe ever since 13 is something I can very distinctly remember. Um, so when I look back, it's like, yeah, those have been the things that have kind of defined me and still do now. I still don't know who I am. I'm still figuring out, but I feel like I'm a little bit closer than I was 18 years ago. That's so interesting. And it kind of makes a lot of sense because obviously I know who you are and what you do. You also did it in 19 seconds. So very much under the 30 seconds. Well done. <laughs> But for anybody listening that doesn't know who you are, God forbid, and what you do, who are you and what do you do? Uh, you want me to talk business now? Yes. Okay. So I'm Ash Jones and I'm the founder of a personal branding agency called Great Influence. And before that, um, I was part of the founding team at the super duper amazing global social media agency that was social and still is social chain. I was going to say, awkward, you're going to talk about it in past tense. I know, yeah. One of my clients is Katie Leeson, and she's the MD of Social Chain, so it's <laughs> thriving right now. Their numbers were crazy recently. Um, so, yeah, definitely not a past business. still very much a now business. Sure. So I guess my first question is a lot of people that listen to this are very much kind of small business, probably not on the scale of your clients. There are probably a couple of them, but... There's one particular person that I've got in mind, actually. He's a good friend of mine. And he's probably one of the reasons why you're on here. So he called me out for not having a male guest. And so you are officially the first male podcast guest. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And it was, was, it was never intentional. Like it wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, I'll only talk to women. But I don't know. There was obviously something, I don't know. I got no idea. With great influence for a while, it was like if you go on our website, our website's old and it's all men on who we work with. Um, and I actually had a conversation before and somebody said to me, like, this has happened several times, like, oh, I went on your website. Do you just work with men? And it's like, well, not now. Um, but when I first started, when I only had like eight, nine clients, they were all men. Um, and again, that wasn't like intentional, but in it not being intentional, obviously not in your thing with the podcast, but in my field of personal branding, I think it points to a bit of an issue there. Um, that it but tends- do you think that was because like when you first started out, it was predominantly just you doing the work? And so obviously it's probably a little bit easier for you to help people that are like you? Um, it was just what fell my way. But in that, I think it speaks to an issue within personal branding and business in general like those who want their voice who feel encouraged and the confidence for their voice to be heard and to follow that path anyway I won't go on to that interesting interesting um I guess my first question is what how do you define personal branding what is personal branding oh I've got a fantastic little uh thing because I actually found this out myself recently which is quite amazing that I've been doing this for two and a half years and I've never been able to distill it So it's four things. So it's like, what is it? It's the conscious and intentional effort to create and influence public perception of an individual. How do you do that? By positioning them as an authority in their industry. Why would you do that? To elevate their credibility and differentiate themselves from the competition. 
And what does that result in? Advancing somebody's career, increasing their circle of influence, creating opportunity and having a larger impact. That's really interesting. Where did you, who wrote that? It's on the Wikipedia for personal branding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I had high hopes. I was hoping that was going to be like a deep rooted thing that you'd come up with. (laughs) No, but I've stole it and it now lives in our decks. So it's the best best explanation that somebody's been able to, to put down. I couldn't have literally put it any better myself. And one of the questions that I really wanted to touch on during this episode is, is, is kind of around one of your original clients, should we say? I'm not going to be the one to name drop. You can name drop. Um, and around kind of a story that I've heard when you were back at Social Chain and it was kind of at the point where I think don't don't quote me on this. I'm not that much of a stalker, but there was there was some there was a story about there was a review about where kind of the revenue was the majority of the revenue was coming from, and it was from this particular individual going on stage. And I think my question is, what's the difference between somebody building a personal brand and an influencer? Because I think is there a def- like is there a definitive difference? I don't think there is. I think it's the same thing. It's it's all in the name of influence. Um, and there's an interesting concept. Uh, I think we've spoke like I'm going to start a podcast and the name of it is going to be the front stage. And that comes from a theory about what the front stage is. And the front stage is this idea of people selecting the parts of themselves that they put into the public sphere. So you think that applies to anyone that yeah at the forefront of something, whether that's an entrepreneur, a musician, a celebrity, a, a an athlete, whatever. There's things about them that will make up their public identity, and then they have their private identity, which is like the backstage. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's there is no difference between personal brand and being an influencer it's the exact same thing I think personal brand is a very business world term for what it is and you're starting to see that term move over into some mainstream circles like recently there's been articles in like the Telegraph and the Times where they've spoke about Rishi Sunak and referred to what he's doing as building his personal brand but typically it's I think the similarities between like great influencers of personal branding agency and like Gleam Futures, who are like a talent management agency for influencers, it's the same thing. You're trying to increase the influence and profile of a talent. That's it, it's fundamental. But would you say, especially from the perspective of great influence, that you generally it it's somebody of influence within a company, right? Yeah, we work we work specifically within like with people within the business world. And another thing that I wrote down, I got a lot of questions. Another thing that I wrote down, which actually came up during your clubhouse room, the house weekly of clubhouse room, house of influence, of course. <laughs> smooth, smooth, like it. Um, was the question around what should come first? And I think this is actually what I originally messaged you off of the back of because it was a conversation that I think Dom started around 
there and another guy whose name I can't remember, but it was around the fact that they were very adamant that the company, the business should come first and then the personal brand should come second. Yeah. And I think that's why I messaged you because I was like, holy shit, have I done this all wrong? <laughs> like, I don't think, because I never really thought of it in that sense. Um, yeah. For me, as traders myself, you know, I'm just a freelancer, I guess. But where, how do you work that out? Like, is there a right or wrong way? So when you're uh, one person, you are the business. So there's not like, you are the company. Yeah. Like you building your personal brand is building the company's brand. Like there's literally no difference between the two. Um, but when it goes past that, actually pull it back. It's, it's always about the company because when you're one, you are the company. But when you're two, you are doing for the company still, which you were doing at one person. But then it becomes personal branding when there's more people and what you do is it's still trying to help the company fundamentally because without the company, you don't have a job. So you're not doing anything unless there's a, you know, you're registered as a sole trader or a limited company or whatever. That's, you know, you're trying to drive business into you. You are the company. Um, and then we put a name around that when it becomes more than us or if it's just us. And we're still trying to funnel the attention into that thing, which fundamentally it started with one or two. Um, I think there's a, an, am I right to say it is like an ethical thing of when somebody's in a company and there's this like tension between, oh, you're building your personal brand, but you've got to do the company. Like that's the thing you should be focusing on. And I think when you're in an early stage business, the company will have a brand. Like eventually that's what you build up to. But the smarter thing when it's like one person, two people, three, four, five, is to do personal brand as the company brand. So you'll see it with Great Influence now. Great Influence doesn't have an Instagram page. It doesn't have a Twitter account. doesn't have, has a LinkedIn company page for reasons to like create jobs on LinkedIn, job posts. Um, but it doesn't have a presence. It doesn't have, a, like, the website is old, needs updating. But even that would just be a shop window. It's not like a something that talks and lives and things like that. And the reason for that is because when you're going from zero to step one, which is, like, nobody knows who we are, to people have an idea of who we are and what we do, and they recognize the name. That's, like, step one of trying to build a brand. In my experience at Social Chain and now at Great Influence, it's a lot easier to make that happen if the people do it rather than try to create a separate set of channels that then will struggle to gain attention because I'm going to listen to you. Like I follow you and somebody might like, in our team, somebody follows Claudia so it's like, and Claudia gets like crazy engagement on LinkedIn. And the two girls that have joined the business in the last two weeks, Lucy and Janita, they both posted on LinkedIn and like Lucy got 140 likes on her post. It'd take forever for Great Influence to get 140 likes on a company page post just because of how social works and the fact that B2B, like we just don't really care about agent, like agency brands who really cares about an agency brand unless they work there? It's just very rare. We're so 
we're in the marketing world we're like finely tuned to market messages and we just tune out if they're not that important to us so the idea of an agency brand is just like counter productive to trying to do it at the right speed and that kind of comes down to everything within it that's why that story that you tell of like 80 percent of revenue at social chain was driven by the name of stephen bartlett i'm going to drop name, name drop it because you wouldn't name drop um, <laughs> Yeah, so 80% of the revenue in the first year of the business came from his name in some way, shape, or form. Um, whereas what I was doing at that time was trying to build the social chain brand through the typical ways that you would do that, which is like try to have a newsletter, try to do case studies, try to get PR, try to have social media channels, try to run events, things like that. And none of it worked. So it's like going from step zero to step one social chain brand didn't work but Stephen Bartlett brand talking about social chain did work and the thing that we didn't do in that period which I do now is like a great influence everyone talks about great influence and that's not because I'm asking them to but they're definitely encouraged like to build their personal brand um and social chain realized that over time and it was like, oh, this personal branding works. Let's more of the business uh, encourage them about why they should be doing this and then let them make the decision if they want to do or not. And for getting to that zero to one, that was way more powerful and faster, fundamentally faster to get there, which social chain was about like fast growth company and doing things at pace. Um, so to get from zero to one, that was the better way to do it. Now, when you need to get from like one to two and two to three and three to four, that's when the company brand can start to have more of a voice and more channels. I think like you look at social chain now as a marketing entity and they've got like social minds, unreal podcasts that, you know, I watched a webinar the other week with Theo and uh, Eve who host social minds. So it's like that's got its own fan base um they did like for a while they were doing this unreal whatsapp newsletter thing they have a newsletter now they have a social media community facebook group they've got like loads of instagram followers loads of twitter followers but that has to come after i feel like when you've got the recognition like people know who great influence is and what they do and things like that and you also have the resource as well so at the minute like with great influence where our resource as a team is all pointed towards client service fundamentally first and foremost and then we'll try to do bits around it to build the brand and it was the same with social chain everything in that first year was like deliver the best results for the clients and provide the best service so it's just yeah it's like taking advantage of the resources you've got as well so personal brand for me when you're in a small business like zero to five people the way to market your business the most efficient and smarter way to do it is personal brand and then bring in employer brand afterwards when it makes sense and you can resource it and you've built a bit of a recognition people know the name of the business and things like that it just kind of makes so much sense as well because i think it just reiterates the point of people buy from people right like it was it was one thing that steve was the ceo of it but they bought into him essentially and then social chain i assume just kind of facilitated the work um i think and you're seeing this with like carrie rose at rise at seven now the, yeah. vlog, the vlog is a very powerful 
business and brand tool in that, yes, Stephen Bartlett was like the name that would help drive the business in. But what was the story that Stephen was telling was always the story of social chain. It wasn't really, at first, it wasn't really the Stephen Bartlett story that he was telling. He would go and speak at conferences and he would create this story that very cleverly, uh, he knew that people would tap into him at first. So the first part of the talk was about his experiences and it was his journey. And then social chain came into that and he would plug in how good social chain was at doing what it did and the team and things like that in that story. So yeah, I think that social chain was it definitely in the first year, like how he weaved that story without really pushing it on people was incredibly smart. And the vlog was a massive part of that. It's like, not only did you get an insight into like Stephen Bartlett, you then saw the entire office and you saw everyone within it. You saw what was happening. It was super transparent. He says this thing in his talks quite recently where he's like, describes it as a glass box culture. And it's this idea that as a business, the further you go, in creating a culture that is a glass box, which a vlog is, it lets you see the in, inside the four walls of the company and make your own assumptions and judgments, the closer you'll get to trust from people. Because what you do as a business owner typically is you're quite guarded in what people see and you try to control and things like this um, because you want to control the narrative and make it all look shiny and positive and things like that. But we can all go, and this is what he says in his talk. This isn't me trying to, you know, observation. He says, you can go on Glassdoor and find out what a company is really like. There's no hiding anymore. So in a world where things like that exist and people talk, you can't hide what your culture and what your business is actually like. So it's better to actually lean into that and be more transparent, which builds trust with people. And I think the early stage it was a hugely important part was like letting people see social chain, see the office, see the people, see, you know, those early vlogs would talk about campaigns and results and all these kind of things um, and let them make their own assumptions and judgments and it worked. And how did you feel about being part of that? Because I think like most recently you've talked about confidence and stuff, which I think a lot of us have Mm. things around. But obviously being kind of part of that, were you always kind of in the background? Like, did that, was that a thing? Uh, and none of, I don't think anyone ever felt in the background. I think there's a very um, good skill that Steve had for somebody who was in the front was to make everybody feel like we were all at the front. And that just is down to like being considered and thoughtful of others. You can let your ego run away with these things. I've seen it many times, like personal brand and things pick up and it goes well. All of a sudden, like you can become the shit. But it takes a thoughtful person to be like, this isn't, it's not about me. And every single one of us felt like the rock star. That was the trick to it. I felt on top of the world. My like Nick Crompton that I used to live with when we'd go back, he to the flat, like he walking around the flat, like king of the flat because social chain made him feel like he was on top of the world. And yeah, it get that year, that first year of social chain was like, it was like being injected with confidence. 
like pure confidence. Every single person in the team, after 12 months of being at Social Chain, was a wildly more confident person than when they walked in the door. That's just what it did. And that was down to the culture of things. It wasn't about like one person. It wasn't about one campaign. It wasn't about, it It sounds cheesy, but it literally was like, we were a squad. We did everything together and we all cared for each other. And we all, it didn't matter who won as long as we all, we were all experiencing that same momentum. We got, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We were all getting our hierarchy of needs met. That's so cool. And something you don't really hear a lot about, like from a lot of bigger businesses, but in terms of like, so obviously that solo um, house of influence that you did the other week, we had a bit of technical issues. You were obviously talking about um, having a bit of a dip in confidence and you were talking about, you know, showing up and I strictly remember the message you sent me afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. like fell flat on my face and I was like no you didn't like what's the matter with you how how has that impacted so obviously you're talking about like feeling like you got injected with confidence at social chain yeah. and doing what you do now mm-hmm. do you still have that level of confidence or do you feel like it's kind of taken a hit now that you're kind of out on your own with your own team uh, it's like a roller coaster it goes up and down um, and I think it's literally been that way since I was 13, like up, down, up, down, sometimes way up, sometimes way down. And it's got better over time, which is just like an age thing. But fundamentally, like, I'll be honest, like I'm a very introver- introverted person, very like uh, caught between like huge self-confidence and huge self-doubt, which I think a lot of introverted people typically probably are somewhere in between and that's where like the roller coaster comes it's like one minute you really believe your own shit and then the next you're like wait a minute maybe I'm not the things that I think I am so yeah that that never ends and the the thing that social chain and everything since does is it gives you like a case study to provide a bit of a bedrock for a different opinion than the like nine times out of ten my initial go-to mentally will be the not so negative one or the not so self-confident one or or those things and then experiences like the one I went through with social chain the one I'm going through with great influence now just become a bit of a case study that oh you are you can be involved in something good you are of value and like positive affirmations to yourself and they're just like little bedrocks that erode away the self-doubt so to speak but yeah definitely all the time like I say this to people, building your personal brand is a massively emotional journey that you go on and people underestimate the emotional side of it. And you are fundamentally putting yourself at the front stage. You're putting yourself in front of the microphone with the, with the you know shining light in your face. At different levels, like Clubhouse is more intimidating than posting on LinkedIn and standing on stage doing a public talk in front of 100 people is more intimidating than Clubhouse. But it's all putting yourself out there in some way, shape, or form. And with that comes like a massively emotional side to it that people underestimate. And depending on the kind of person you are will depend on how you deal with it. Like naturally, I'm like I say, I'm quite introverted. I'm somewhere between like self-doubt and self-confidence. So that'll never change. And you hear it with people like massive, massive celebrities that play like Glastonbury and stuff like that. It's like, were you nervous before you went and played Glastonbury? Of Of course I was. The nerves don't go away, but some people just are either more um, 
their DNA is built to handle them better, they're more extroverted, or over time they've put themselves in that situation and given themselves like the bedrock case studies to start to erode away the insecurity or whatever emotional negative that came with it. And I feel like I'm always on that journey. Like ever since I joined Social Chain, it's been like a step in the right direction each time, but I still have it. Like that clubhouse the other week, awful. My head was gone for hours after it. And the next morning I had to get up and be like, right, okay, okay, go again. I just, I really hope that someone listened to this that listened to that because there was, I could not tell. The message you sent me afterwards, you were like, I just lost my head, lost it. And I was like, yeah. uh, were we listening to the same thing? Were we in the same place? Because you were fine. <laughs> I literally said this to one of the team earlier. I was like, you will naturally, in doing the public speaking thing or putting yourself out there, the front stage or whatever, if you're not like DNA built to handle that kind of thing quite well, which many of us aren't, you'll naturally think overthink it. And yeah. I said to her, I was like, the reality is that other people don't hear the same thing that you do. And I I referenced the conversation that we had. I was like, I had the clubhouse thing. I then spoke to somebody after and and she was like, I don't know what conversation you were listening to because that's not what I heard. So I've also heard you kind of reference that like with clients, you felt more like a counsellor or like a therapist at the beginning. Uh, No. not so much at the beginning. It like came over time. At the beginning, oh, it was wow. very like the skill that you can help them with. But then you start to, it's in growth. So when we start working with someone, they'll be ready for like what we're doing at the start, like posting on LinkedIn. They're ready for that. Instagram, whatever, they're ready for that. But then six months down the line, it's like going really well. They naturally will want to progress it. And it's there that they start to realize that, they have to overcome something within themselves to progress it, which is like they have to start a podcast or they have to do public speaking or they have to go on Clubhouse and things like that. And it's like, oh, this is a little more challenging than the thing we were doing beforehand. And that's kind of where they rely on you to give them the confidence and the direction to be able to do that. Like we're literally experiencing it recently with um, with one or two clients actually where you really have to build up their confidence to do the thing and let them know that like, it's so strange to me that, but then I get it as well. People just don't think that what they say, like, why would anyone care what I've got to say? And it's like, trust me, they do. Trust me, they do. And then it turns out that they do. Um, so part of it is like helping them overcome the, the emotional side that comes with personal branding, which is if you're trying to get to the top of it is filled with a lot of challenges on the way that can induce like self-doubt and these things. So yeah, a bit of a therapist as well as a personal branding, I'm not going to say expert, but guy who does personal branding. The personal branding guy. That's exactly like, I feel like if I was to, I don't know, have you in my phone book, you wouldn't be Ash Jones. You would be the personal branding guy. Um. (laughs) Without that. Because it's like, I don't know, I find the, you see it so many times, like the something guy. And it's always like the cheesy branding. I feel like I've fallen in personal branding if anyone is like, the personal branding guy. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Um, And I guess... 
just to almost wrap it up, but I guess kind of last kind of question would be for anybody that wants to start building their personal brand. I feel like I probably asked you on this out of selfish reasons, if I'm honest, but mm. we'll go with it. For anybody that wants to kind of like start building their personal brand, because obviously you do a lot of work on big time CEOs, MDs, all of that kind of stuff. And predominantly on LinkedIn, what, actually, side question, why? Uh, because of where they're at. Okay. Cool. That so makes sense. As we work with them, they tend to, we tend to pull them further away, or not further yeah. away, but diversify. It's just LinkedIn is very easy in this moment in time. Yeah, true that. Um, for anybody that wants to kind of start building their personal brand, what, where should they start? Like, what kind of tips could you give them? First, start with why. So, like, if you've anyone that knows like Simon Sinek, start with why. Yeah, it's like very big brand and marketing thing, but it also applies to personal brand as well. Like fundamentally, why are you doing it? And the reason why I realized this was actually like me, in that I've been running Great Influence for two and a half years now. And for the first two years, I didn't build my own personal brand. And then for the last six months, I've gone quite aggressively in doing that. And in hindsight, looking back, it was very clear why that was. And it was because for the first two years, it was just me and I wasn't trying to build a business. I was just doing what I enjoyed every day. And it was nothing more than that. It was just like, okay, I'm good at this. It gives me what I need out of work right now. And I enjoy it. And I work with people that I really like. So that was literally it. And then last year in August, I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this into a business now and actually build it and make a team and all those kind of things. So then the difference between the two is the personal brand in the first two years, what I wanted out of my life, once the business had got to a certain point, wasn't actually like more money and more clients. I was very happy with where things were. I was like over the moon. I actually wanted a bit more time and like a bit more me time because I was working a lot. So the idea of personal brand is like, that drives leads and awareness and things like that, which is the opposite on a very personal level of what I wanted in that period of the business. Yeah. Uh, and then when I decided to build it as an actual business and now we've got a team, like my responsibility is to the people within great influence to give them the best opportunity to have the best career. So that means that great influence has to like grow and I have an idea of where I want to take great influence as well. And that also is like growth driven. So personal branding fits that because I know it's going to like drive more awareness of the business, drive more leads, more conversations, more all these things. So my why for doing it and not doing it in hindsight was very clear. So it's like start with why, why are you doing this? Why would you put yourself out there? What are you trying to achieve out of it? Um, and the reason for having that why is because consistency, you'll know this, like consistency is the most important part of doing this. You have to be consistent for a long period of time. Um, and if you're not hyper clear on the why of why you're doing it, you're going to fall off. It's like almost like going to the gym without understanding why you're there. It, like you'll eventually just stop going and it'll be very hard to go back again if you've not got a very clear internal reason for, for going. So yeah, start with why, like really fundamentally understand why you're doing it because that'll be the thing that keeps you consistent when life gets in the way. Like today, 
I've committed to like posting every day on LinkedIn and today is like the first day where stuff has just got in the way, but I'm going to do it because like my why is stronger than the things that get in the way. So I'll overcome those things. So start with why would be the first one. And then the second one would be like, what do you talk about? Okay, great. I have a why, but what do you talk about? And again, my own experience, like what are the two to four things that you could talk about forever? This is what I always say to people, figure out the two to four things that you could talk about forever. And the reason for that, again, is like consistency. For me, the like two to four things, for example, are personal branding and like the art of it and the thinking and, and that kind of stuff, thought leadership. Uh, the experience of running great influence as somebody who probably feels like they're not by design an entrepreneur. And what else? My own personal life as well in there a bit. But there's like two things if I ha had to pick two to four things. And with those two things specifically, if I stay doing great influence, I'm going to be exposed to them immensely every single day. Like running great influence, that's going to provide me with observations, realizations, learnings, challenges. Um, and then because of the work we're doing, I'm always exposed to personal branding and, and how that develops and things like that. So every single day, I'm not at a loss for what to talk about. Whereas if one of my two to four things was marketing, it's almost like too broad. I'm not... Yeah. I'd, I'd be trying to really pull at a million different strings that don't really make sense. Um, so it's like be hyper, like narrow in the two to four things that you could talk about forever. And it's like, as long as I'm doing great influence, I'll be able to talk about those two things forever without without fail. Um, so yeah, that that would be my advice. Like figure out why you're doing it and then figure out what are the, what are the two to four things that you could talk about forever. And that'll give you a good initial roadmap. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your time. No, my pleasure. It's been lovely and lovely to get a bit of an insight into on top of all of those like, oh, I've just lost my shit DMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It never that never changes. That'll never go away. You just have to learn to live with that. And like I say, build up like a resilience to okay, it happened, that's cool. It happens, we go again, we move. I started saying that a lot recently. We move. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just have to I've, I feel like I've been like that this week like very much come on get up let's we move let's go next next thing yeah. just kind of just chugging along but it's it's actually really like from a quite a selfish point of view like it is quite nice to hear it as sadistic as that might sound because I think there are quite a few people myself included that can look at other people and think like they're so like out of reach like so Right. far away from where you're at so to hear that that shit doesn't change regardless of who you are like that just kind of helps I think yeah yeah we were talking about this the other day like it's uh you can't not that you can't let those things get to you but it's comparison like social media yeah. rife with comparison at the minute and it's like if you're going to compare yourself to somebody else like already you've like lost some kind of battle and it's like within social chain, you compare yourself to like Dom or compare yourself to Steve or compare yourself to like Hannah Anderson, unreal, like compared to Katty, like all the people that were there at the start were just like incredible at what they did. And I couldn't like, you can't sit there and compare yourself to them because I'm just going to feel bad about myself. So it's like figure out 
you know what what value I add instead rather than comparing and yeah it's never an easy thing though especially if you're like like me naturally introverted like naturally you tend to your disposition leans towards the not so positive thought um yeah it's easy to get trapped up in those things but I think the way to um not overcome it because I don't think you can overcome it but to be able to live with it better is to like find more people who think like that and you'll all have the ups and downs and when yeah the ups you'll tend to share them with them and you'll have the downs you tend to share them with them and your down is usually some mostly time with their up or their normal so they'll be able to bring you back a little and then likewise your ups and normals will be time with their downs um so i found that having like a group of people around me who are similar thinkers and experience things in similar ways is like a, a great way of um trying to always navigate that up and down thing because you kind of bring each other through it at different times unless you're both on a really down day and then it's just like, <laughs> yeah and just go back to bed yeah, just... you, you can find humor in that though like oh that... <laughs> so yeah cool well um before i let you go if anybody is interested to find out more about great influence you never know who's listening so um where can people find you follow you or get in touch if they need your help uh linkedin ash jones or um my instagram underscore ashley b jones you can find me there or clubhouse um and our website which you shouldn't go on it because it's not done it's it's old but that's greatinfluence.co.uk amazing thank you so much for your time ash it's been a pleasure no my pleasure and i will talk to you soon no doubt yeah i've no doubt about that (laughs) on that note thanks so much thank you